Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Let's talk a little bit of water polo because I can tell you that the New Zealand women's water polo team have qualified for the final of the Women's World Cup Division 1. They've done this by finishing second in a Division 2 qualifying tournament. The men start their campaign in the days coming. And so to talk about this from New Zealand Water Polo is Fabian Van Roy. Fabian, good afternoon. Welcome. Mark, how are you? Good. So a huge congratulations to our women's team um, and coaching staff. They've finished top two at the World Aquatics Women's World Water Polo World Cup Division 2, which has qualified them for the Water Polo World Cup, as I mentioned. And that's going to start in Long Beach, California on the 23rd to the 25th. How big an achievement is this? What sort of countries did they have to beat to do this? Well, it's obviously quite the achievement being able to play on, you know, arguably one of the biggest stages uh, internationally. Uh, you know, you'll see the six top nations in the world uh, from the Division One who have qualified separately for this event, um, and they're joined by a little old New Zealand, us obviously, and, and Israel. So, and, and these two teams coming from the Division Two tournament just passed. Um, uh, not being able to participate uh, to compete, you know, consistently with other nations around the corner, like the European powerhouses, this is quite a big step for our girls. Mm. When you talk about the top six countries, who are those top six countries? Who are the traditional powerhouses in women's water polo? Well, you're looking at the Netherlands. Um, you're looking at Hungary. Uh, there's uh, Italy, Spain. Uh, uh, those are, you know, in Greece. Those will probably be your top countries along with uh, with uh, uh, non-European countries like the United States and Australia. Yeah, and That'll be your traditional top lot of countries. Mm. So what should our expectation be on this women's team at that next level in June in Long Beach? It's, it's, um, it's, it's putting out, you know, finding out where, uh, where we measure up. Uh, against these countries, you know, we haven't played these these countries for a while now. Um, that we're going to be coming up against, we're going to get another shot at this at playing them at the World Championships in Japan in July later this year. So this is uh, uh, very much a um, just another milestone and see where we stand in comparison with those countries. Uh, the country that's coming in with us uh, from the Division Two, Israel, is something that uh, is a country that if we play get to play them, we we have to beat. Um, and competing against the other countries is uh, is really just seeing where we stand prior to the next the, the next milestone, which is the World Championships, the um, Quarters Championships in Japan. Mm. Okay. When you look at this uh, qualifying tournament they've just played, what was arguably the most impressive victory or what was the most impressive thing about it? I think uh, the fact that the ladies beat Germany and Kazakhstan. Um, Germany is a country that we have not met uh, met up with or haven't played very much, so it's quite difficult to be able to 
to figure out team tactics. Obviously, you get to see them play during the tournament. You get to see them train a little bit, so you kind of know um, how to play against them. But the other countries, we have a far you know, uh, bigger history in, in playing, so we, we kind of know who we're dealing with. So Germany was the first one. Then Kazakhstan is a country that we've always played for and competed with um, uh, for the same spots in this World Cup format in the past as well and the last time we played Kazakhstan we lost by one goal so you know being able to beat them now by seven or eight goals is a fantastic achievement and it, you know it shows the effort and the time that has been going into this program the work that you know coach uh, Angie Winstanley Smith has put in and, and, and those women playing in that team. Yeah how important is it having that nucleus of core players getting that experience the likes of Emerson Houghton um, Gabby Milicic, Bernadine Doyle, or Bernadette Doyle, uh, Darcy Spark, and of course, uh, one player I do want to talk about, Morgan McDowell. Yeah, you know, it's it's uh, important to have that consistency in the program. You know, you see a lot of athletes come through, but you have to have the older, more experienced athletes stay involved in the, in the program to be able to pass on the knowledge. And, if, you know, I'm saying older athletes, but what I mean is that players that have gone through the program for a longer period of time, like Emerson, um, she, she's been involved in this program for quite a long time, and you can see that she, uh, you know, she has obviously uh, uh, improved so much by playing in Greece, playing in Germany in the last few years. That she's at a really high level herself, and she's able to pass that knowledge on and able to provide that consistency that you need. You can't start afresh with a new group of tra- uh, players every time. And if you have that, like you say, nucleus six or seven players that have been involved for a number of years, you can build on that, and it's super important. I want to talk about Morgan McDowell. She is the daughter of the great All Black Steve McDowell, but she seems to be a player with a reputation that she could almost make any international side in the world. Just how good is she? She's she's uh, uh, you know a really really good player. Physically, she's got all the the, the capabilities to be able to p- perform at an international level, um, and it's uh, it's rare that you have a female player with that. Uh, physical ability of playing without, um, you know, ha- having it be her one and only thing. Like Morgan is an incredibly mobile player. She's dynamic. She has the power on the shot. She's got the speed, and she's the capability to be able to be good offensively and defensively. And that's a, you know that comes that's a that's a rarity in 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 to come in one in one package. So Morgan's had some really good opportunity, and she's been been training in France for the last couple of weeks. Um, and, and it seems like uh, she's thriving with it. And she did really well, you know, at, uh, at, at the World Cup, uh, Division 2, mm. just gone past. Well, what's the pathway if we want to get a team to the Olympic Games in Paris? I mean, I think we're ranked about ninth in the world. Uh, I think at the Olympic Games, it's the top 10 countries. But we always seem to have to get past Australia. What is the qualifying situation? There's a, there's a couple of qualifying moments Uh you know, apart from having to beat Australia in a head-to-head series, um, this World League, uh, World Cup Super Finals coming up would be the first step. The number one country um, uh, that places there in that that competition will get a, a an automatic berth to go to the Olympics, as I understand it. The next step would be the World Championships in Japan, where I think the number one and number two, and potentially number three if those countries haven't qualified yet uh, for the Olympics. And then the next step would be um, the head-to-head series uh, against Australia. And that is happening this year in, um, 
in Auckland in August. So that's if all else fails. And look, the other uh, the other steps are incredibly difficult to achieve against some of the top countries in the world. If if we don't get there through those steps, then we have that qualify that, that Olympic qualifier that, that we are hosting this year um, mm-hmm. in Auckland. And what's the gap historically been between the top? Australian women's team and the New Zealand team because they have had the wood on us, but is that gap closing? I think it is closing and it, it is also, you know, it depends on whether you can time it right with uh, a group like the Australians have carried through uh, quite a few older players, experienced players who have been playing a number of Olympics and, you know, this this uh, international experience, experience and this baggage just gives you such a leg up over any competition that hasn't got that equivalent. Um, so I think it's really important to time that right. I think we're in a really crucial uh, phase where we could be timing this really, really well this year, and we may have a shot at uh, beating Australia head-to-head. Um, in the past, it's always proven difficult. They've got a consistent water polo culture of year-round water polo, and it's something that we still lack uh, in, in New Zealand. We're getting, you know, we're getting very, very close to this this opportunity here. Now, tomorrow, the New Zealand men's team start the World Aquatic Men's World Cup Division Two. Is it the same uh, qualifying for them? Do they have to finish in the top two in this tournament? Yeah, yeah, it is the same system. Uh, it's diff- it's a bit more difficult for the men. Um, uh, the trajectory where we're sitting at with the men's program is very much more at a, at a starting phase whereas the women have been building with this nucleus for you know five or six years. Um, we've had a, a changing of the guards with the men's team, a young group with some players, uh, New Zealand uh, passport holders, who haven't traditionally been involved with our, with our men's program. So um, I don't think that it's going to be as straightforward for the men as it was for the women. They're in a tough pool, and some of the European countries in this division are still very strong. And these are European countries that traditionally also go toe-to-toe with the powerhouses that are in the Mm. Division 1. Countries like Romania, countries like Kazakhstan, countries like Germany, they all compete very well at an international stage. And these are in the Division 2 here. So I think that um, the men are going to have their work cut out for them uh, playing these countries. Okay, just before we do let you go, Fabian, what's happening at a domestic level? We had the New Zealand Secondary School Championships wrap up a couple of weeks ago with St Cuthbert's here in Auckland winning the girls' side and um, Sacred Heart here in Auckland getting up over Tauranga to win the boys' side. Uh, so from a club point of view, what, what's how's the domestic season look? We've got the National League going on. That's in two, division, uh, two divisions, um, the National League, National Water Polo League and the Division Two Water Polo League. And these, uh, these will run until, uh, well, the women are leaving a little bit earlier because they've qualified for the World Championships. So the women will wrap up mid-June um, with the National League finals uh, in Auckland, uh, 17th and 18th of June. And the men, they have not qualified for the World Championships. So we, uh, we have an, uh, the June, the month of June, with a little bit of a break because our junior men are going away to the Junior World Championships in Romania. Um, so the Men's uh, National League finishes on the 23rd of Ju- July with the uh, National Water Polo League Super Finals there for the men. Fabian Van Roy, thank you for your time this afternoon on the programme. Thanks a lot, Wado. And all the very best to the men's team um, when they take on Kazakhstan. That's tonight, 8 o'clock. Then tomorrow morning they take on Iran and then they take on Romania. 
uh, boy, I tell you what, it is a tough sport. It's a competitive sport. Um, requires huge aerobic capacity and fitness, and then it's got the gladiatorial side of it. Uh, boy, it's physical at times is what you might see in rugby and rugby league or being at the bottom of a ruck. It's amazing how big the sport is. I was actually, my kids have somehow got involved, and it's nothing to do with me. And I was at a tournament here at one of the schools in Auckland the other week, an under-12 tournament, and it was just unbelievable the number of teams and the other kids that do play it, and they start with flipper ball. Um, and very big amongst the schools, traditionally always big amongst the Auckland schools, but it is starting to sort of see depth beginning to grow around the country. Hamilton Boys High School, Tauranga, Palmerston North. On the girls' side, you are starting to see the likes of Rangi Ruru, St Margaret's, along with the um, sort of Auckland schools of Rangitoto, St Cuthbert's. The biggest challenge facing this port is pool space, just actually getting facilities. And one thing I'd like to see in this country, we spend a lot of money every year, don't we, on individual athletes and giving money to sports organisations in terms of high performance needs. But I'd like to just see us spend more money on bricks and mortar, building better sporting facilities for our elite athletes, but also investing more in coaching. You know, athletes come and go, coaches last forever within the realm of life, if you know what I mean. Um, but yeah, um, happy to give some of these smaller sports a bit of coverage this afternoon. And look, if you are one of those sports bodies out there too, feel free to just sort of text us. You know, we're happy to, you know, happy here. It is um, sport and entertainment uh, network, so you know, sport has a wide definition. And if you think you've got a good story to tell, let us know, and we'll see if we can tell it.